This Easter season, as a church, we've been trying to learn from the Apostle Paul about discipleship. And in a nutshell, here it is, life after the resurrection of Jesus is a life empowered by God. When our hearts are open to God by faith, God dwells within us. And this is the expectation for all who are learning to trust Jesus. And God in us enables us to do impossible things. Are there things that you know you ought to be doing which feel impossible to you? Yes, I'm sure there are. Today we're going to learn about one such thing, which apart from God's help is impossible, but with God's power, all of us are able uh, to walk in this path. There's a snippet of a prayer that Paul prayed in the book of Colossians, where he Uh, explains how he's praying for the people that he's writing to. And we're going to start here. Listen to the way uh, Paul lifts these folks uh, in prayer and what he wishes for them. This is Colossians 1.11. May you be made strong with all the strength that comes from God's glorious power. God's glorious power is the strongest thing there is. Uh, For those of us who have faith, we trust and believe that it was God's glorious power that brought everything into being, that it was God's power that inspired Moses to lead the people of God out of oppression in Egypt and brought them into freedom. It was God's glorious power that strengthened his people to do what was otherwise impossible, that gave power to people like David and Gideon and Joshua. God's glorious power, nothing else in all of creation compares to it. Think of it, if you would, for a moment. It's the very same power that God used to bring Jesus, who was dead, back to life, to bring him out of the grave, according to this wish here of Paul's, that very same power, God's glorious power, is meant to dwell within each and every one of us. Look carefully, so that each of us would be made strong with all the strength that comes from his glorious power. Can you imagine what it would be like if you were empowered by that very same power? What do you picture when you picture it? I know for me, I imagine myself doing extraordinary things, that are so uh, stupendous that anyone who saw it would know right away there must be some divine power behind it. Is it like that for you? Can you imagine what would happen if only God's power? What Paul says next is shocking because what he envisions God's power doing within us is not extraordinary, but entirely ordinary. Here, look at what he says. And may you be prepared to endure everything with patience. Patience is the most boring of all the virtues. (laughs) It's completely unspectacular. It's not something that anyone would ever notice because of how it unfolds. But here, we learn that the power of God within us, the glorious power of God, the power that was able to bring the universe into being, means to dwell within us so that we have the ability to do what is otherwise impossible, which is to be patient. On Tuesday evening, my family and I traveled from New Jersey out to Oregon to be with my wife's family. 
And that meant we had to fly out of Newark Airport. Do you know what you need in Newark Airport? <laughs> you walk in and there is the security uh, gates that you're to walk through. And between you and those, there are these windy black ribbons. And it's a maze that's impossibly long. And you could walk right there, but you got to go through the whole thing. And then when you get there, you've got to take off your belt and your shoes. And the person who's supposed to be managing the conveyor belt, well, he's on his cell phone. So you need patience. And then you get in there and you sit down. You've made it on time because you left early. And then there is nobody who's sitting there at the desk. And then when it's time for the flight to leave, nobody's there. And then an hour passes and they say, oh, it's delayed. Sorry. And so you need patience. Then you get on the plane and you're walking down the aisle. And there's a woman with a gigantic bag. And she's trying to get it in the overhead. You need Patience, and then, you, then you're ready to fly, but then they say, well, because we're, we were delayed, now we have to get in line, and we're going to be right here on the tarmac for just a minute. It's an hour, and you need patience, right? And all of this was happening to me on Tuesday night while I was thinking about this message that I would preach this morning, and I was reading this book. <laughs> patience. Would you agree with me that sometimes patience is impossible. Here, if we slow down and take a look at this word patience, in old-fashioned translations of the Bible, it's often rendered as long-suffering. And that's a good way of capturing the meaning of the Greek word behind patience here. It's a compound word. It's the word makrothumia. Makro, the prefix, like macro, it means long in terms of duration, and thumia is a Greek word that means to boil up with wrath or rage. And, 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 and it was used often to depict very specific things. Imagine the kind of contained, frustrated energy that you would see in an angry horse who's not free to gallop as he wants to. That's long-suffering. It's very descriptive, isn't it? And, and before I described it, maybe you would know what that's like from your own experience of suffering for a long time. That's what patience is. Think about the moments when you personally are challenged to be patient. And, and maybe it's in everyday small things, or maybe it's in very, very significant big things that are down the road there away from where you wish you were. Patience is remaining steady and calm through a time period longer than you wish, where things are not as you want them to be, not as they should be, but you hang in there without wavering, without giving up, without fussing or freaking out because you're able to be patient. And listen, I know some of the things that some of you are having to struggle through, the challenges that are too much, and so I want you to have patience for your own good and because of the good that you will do in the world. But I don't want it nearly as much as God wants it for you. God who is alive in Christ, who comes to gatherings like this one this morning, whether we're here in person or we're far away tuning in online, he comes to give us what we need, but we can't manage on our own the gift of patience, so that we are able to do what's impossible, so that we are able to love the people who are close to us. Doesn't that require patience? 
so that we can work hard over a long period of time to do something really good in the world which needs it. Don't you need patience for that? So that you can be a mighty instrument in the hands of God who wants to use you to bring about his will in the world. Without patience, you can't do it, but with patience, you can. And even though it looks ordinary and it looks boring, patience is extraordinarily important. And let me say this as clearly as I can. Just about everything that God calls us to do cannot be done without patience. If we stop now and think about what patience is useful for, how it enables us to do what we otherwise could not do, we'll see that every good thing requires patience. I've got four things to point out. First, patience is useful for waiting. And that's obvious. When you want something now, but you have to wait until later on, you need patience. When you want the traffic to get moving or to be further up in the line or you want to eat already, does anybody else get hangry? <laughs> patience enables you to be settled between now and when you have what you want, but don't have it yet. And, and since so much of your life is actually waiting, looking forward to what's not there yet, patience is a virtue that can literally change your whole experience of life. Patience, first of all, is useful for waiting. Second, patience is useful for persevering. Uh, this is uh, waiting expanded. When your goals require concerted effort over a long period of time and the work that you're doing right now doesn't seem to be producing any results whatsoever and you want to give up. Do you have anything like that in life? Yes, when that's happening and you're feeling discouraged but the end you're working toward is worth it, what you need then is perseverance. And you cannot persevere without patience, without the ability to suffer through the meager and disappointing results right now in the present. When I talk like this, I think about what it's like when I play tennis. Anybody else learning to play tennis? When you start, you're bad. And the only way you keep going is if you persevere and if you have a coach which is able to persevere. Thank God my coach can persevere. He's a good man. That was him. Okay, you'll never, <laughs> you will never make it to that end, whether it's a better ground stroke or whatever it is, unless you're able to persevere. Patience is necessary for perseverance. Third, patience is useful for enduring. And here we're getting even a little more serious. Continuing with your commitment through real hardship, not just slight inconvenience or the difficulties at the end of a one-hour lesson, but when your path becomes brutally challenging. Without patience, you know this. You will not be able to keep going because you can only endure when you have that gift, when the weight is too heavy for you to manage, but you know you have to keep going. And, and, and for you, it could be anything. Maybe it's conditions at your workplace that make you want to quit, but you can't because you need the money. Or maybe it's relationships that you have with neighbors or family members that you can't just bail on. Maybe it's as a parent, you are at your wit's end, but you cannot exchange your kids for new ones. <laughs> Perseverance. Enduring. When, when your health is failing and the doctor's report is not good. Endurance. When someone that you love is robbed from you by death. Death steals that person away. 
endurance. When everything in you wants to escape, wants to close your ears off, wants to say, no, I'm done. I've got to get out of here. But you know you can't. It's too hard. You need endurance. And without patience, you will not be able to endure. And when you're carrying all of that, this is the fourth thing that uh, you need patience for. And it may seem like the smallest one one in one sense, but in fact, I've left it for last because I think it's the biggest. You need patience when your relationships require forbearing. When all you can do is put up with the people who you're close to. And this is not one of those moments where you're going to shout amen as you're holding your spouse's hand in church. (laughs) It's kind of a secret, but we all know it, that it's the hardest to hang in there with the people that you're closest to because they get on your nerves, right? You get on their nerves too. And so the only way for the relationships that God has given us to be what they were meant to be is if we all are able to exercise forbearance with one another. And and forbearing is not possible without patience. And what God wants for you, for me, and for all of us is to be able to experience his glorious power as we are empowered After the resurrection, Jesus is with us to empower us as we are empowered to exercise patience so that we can wait and so that we can persevere and so that we can endure and so that we can forbear. Do you see how critical patience is for the kind of life that God calls us to? It's hardly possible to think of many things which are more important. How are you doing in all four of these areas? It's hard, right? to wait and and to persevere and to endure and to forbear. I, I, I hope that you'll hear this. For the disciple, patience is not our work on ourselves. It's not that. It's not receiving some new tips from the pastor so that you figure out how to make patience happen in your heart. It's not that. It's actually a gift from God Almighty that is extended freely with benevolence and kindness to each and every one of us so that all we need to do is to receive it. It is not something that we achieve as our own work. It is something that is received by us as God's own gift. And this fact is is actually quite clear in what Paul goes on to say next in his prayer after expressing this hope that they would be able to endure everything with patience. Watch what he says next. This is verse 12. That you should endure with patience while joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. The first clue that patience isn't something that we're able to work at ourselves is in those words, joyfully giving thanks. You cannot joyfully Give thanks when you're all wrapped up in your own suffering. Agreed? It's just not possible. You can't make yourself feel happy 
when everything that you want is out ahead of you and you can't get there. And, and, and there are people who are frustrating you. They're not behaving in the right way and it's making it harder. Or the circumstances in life are conspiring against you so that you don't have what you want or whatever it is that makes you feel impatient. You can't force yourself to feel joy and happy in those moments. And listen to me right now. God doesn't want you to or expect you to force yourself to feel something that you're not. This is not the key to patience proving to yourself that you're feeling something that you're not. Absolutely not. The clue to where patience actually comes from is in this single word here, the gift that opens the door, which would otherwise remain locked to you. It is that God has enabled you to share in an inheritance. Look at that word. Think, strictly speaking, about what an inheritance is. It's a gift that comes to you because someone has died. That's what an inheritance is. Somehow prior to their death, this person decided that you should be the benefactor of something which they had. They just decided to give it to you. You matter to them. They care about you. And so after the death, you inherit a gift. That's what inheritance is. And when Paul wrote this word and used that metaphor here to describe who you are in Christ, what he was thinking about is the death of Jesus for you. The Jesus who Paul met on the road was the one who gave his life for Paul because he loved him. And when Jesus died for him, along with all of the forgiveness for sins that came to him, also came an inheritance. God turns over gifts to all who are working at trusting him as Jesus died for them. All, and this includes every one of you who's willing to open your heart to Jesus. All of us are the recipients of an inheritance. And that inheritance with the saints of light, it's imperishable, it lasts forever, it includes an eternity with God. All you need to do is trust him and open your heart to him, and that's the promise that is for you. But it doesn't just include things down the road in the future. That inheritance, that gift, also includes promises for right now. If some of you know some of the promises of God for you right now, can you, if you know that, would you give me some sign of it? Yeah, it, would you call those to mind for a moment? Would you tell yourself some of those promises that God has for you? If you don't know any of God's promises, I'm going to show you four of them from Scripture, one for each of the ways that we need to learn patience, for waiting, for enduring, for persevering, and forbearing. And they're going to be God's word for you. A part of the inheritance, listen now, is, is the promises of God in the present. And you will receive God's power so that you can be patient when you call to mind the promises of God in the present. Are you with me? That was a little complicated, but did it make sense? Picture yourself, first of all, waiting. Let's start there, okay? You're having to wait. How are you going to do it? I can't make myself feel what I don't feel. You are going to call to mind the promise of God, and here's the promise of God for you when you're waiting. Here it is. Ready? God has a good plan. Do you know that's true? For every one of you, it's true. And now, again, picture yourself. You're having to wait, and whether it's a small thing, you're waiting in traffic, how am I going to get there on time? Or it's a very, very big thing. I want my child to finally get out of that funk, and I'm waiting. I want this habit of mine, which is ruining me, to go away, and I'm waiting for it. What am I gonna, 
What am I going to do in those moments to be patient? I'm going to remember God has a good plan. And when you call that promise to mind, then you will be able to receive the power of God so that you can go on waiting when you otherwise would not be able to wait. Here's God's promise expressed for those of us who have to wait in Jeremiah 29, 11. Listen to these words. For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm to give you a future with hope. God has a good plan. Things aren't going as I wish. God has a good plan. When am I finally going to find out? God has a good plan. Can you do that? Can you call these? The best thing about this promise here, this, this promise from Jeremiah, is that that was spoken to the people of Israel when they were in exile and they wanted more than anything else to go back home And the prophet had told them, God says you're not going back for 70 years. You're going to have to wait an entire generation. And then God said, I know the plans I have for you. So even if you have to wait way longer than you want to, maybe so that you'll never get that thing that you had been waiting for, the truth is God has a good plan for you, and you can call that to heart, and then you can be patient with all the power that his glorious power supplies. Sounds good? All right, how about persevering? The second thing for which patience is useful, when you have to keep at a task, but you feel like giving up because you're not seeing the results, it's not happening when you want it. If if you have something like that, get it in mind. How will you be patient for that? Here it is. You're going to call to mind this second promise. God's not done yet. I've talked to, to some of you in my study and listened to you talk about where your growing edge is, and some of you are very aware of the fact that you're not where you want to be, and, oh, I wish I could only become this, or I wish I had some more of this, and there's a temptation to give up, but persevere, because God's not done yet. And as a promise, it's not from me, it's from him. Inside, you're like, yes, amen. If you've found your way to God's path, amen, waiting on his plans, working at his work in your family, at your job, in this church, but the change is slow and you want to give up, remember, God is still working. Don't lose heart. Don't give up. Here, this is Philippians uh, chapter 1, verse 6. Paul wrote this, I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. You take that to heart, take that into your heart, and when you have to persevere and you want to give up, you remind yourself of this promise, God's not done yet. He's not done yet with you. He's not done yet with that other person. He's not done with that group of people. He's not done with us. All right, third, how about this? When the path is not just something that you have to wait for or persevere through, but it's all suffering. You need patience for endurance. Uh, It's a grind, and I know maybe there's a season for some of us right here uh, where it's just that, it's persevering, and it's all trouble. And if it's not you, thank God, and trust me, someday you'll get there, not to be bleak. In moments where you have to endure, then you must believe the promise that God transforms trouble. Do you notice I didn't say uh, God keeps you from trouble? Don't we know that? You walk with him and and there's trouble still. Always. And sometimes it's trouble that comes because you are a knucklehead. And sometimes it's because other people do the wrong thing. Sometimes it's because 
Nature seems to conspire against you, but it's trouble, right? And how are you going to keep going? You're going to recall this promise. God transforms trouble. This is how the glorious power of God is going to do its work in your heart. This is your part. You don't have to force yourself to feel. All you need to do is believe God's promises, that he transforms trouble. Listen to these words. These are written by Jesus' earthly brother, James. My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of any kind, consider it nothing but joy, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature and complete, lacking in nothing. Those are the words of a man who lived through many days of trouble. And those are the words of a man, listen now, not a man who figured out how to make himself patient, but a man whose heart was open to the glorious power of God. And what the glorious power of God did in his heart is enabled him to endure so that he could discover that the trouble produces endurance. And that endurance produces a kind of maturity so that as a person he can look and say, no, now I'm more than I used to be. I'm not lacking as much as I used to lack, but I'm growing to be a complete person who's lacking in nothing. The only way to get there is to persevere through trouble. And the only way to do that is to trust that God transforms trouble. You can believe that and experience the patience of God. Last one. What if it's the people who are close to you who are the real challenge? What if forbearing is what you need more than anything else? And again, I've left this for last because practically speaking, in my experience of being a pastor, working with thousands of people over the years, and of being a human being, just like the rest of you. What I've discovered is the place where patience is most necessary is in the relationships that we're closest to. Don't, don't you know this, that it's the people that, that are right there beside you in, home, in your home or at work or in school or in church that are the ones that are the hardest to hang in there with, right? We don't want to admit this, but it's true. You know that person gets under your skin? And, and maybe you know that you get under their skin too, right? And so you need, you need to be able to forbear. Here's the promise of God that you're going to call to mind for those moments. You ready? God is patient with you. <laughs> right? As much as you annoy that other person, can you, you can't even imagine how annoying you are to God. I'm serious. Because he gives and he gives and you take and you take and then you do the wrong thing over and over again. And he, listen, he will never, ever give up on you. Everyone else you've ever met, they might give up on you, not God. And it's, it's one of the most striking things. If you were to take up the scriptures and, and read through the whole Bible, the thing that would stand out more than anything else, if your eyes were open to see who God is, is how patient he is. I've heard lots of people say, oh, I don't like the Old Testament because God's so wrathful and mean. Those are people who haven't read the Old Testament. And I'm serious. If you read it, the thing that stands out more than anything else is how patient he is because of how stubborn and obstinate and pig-headed and, and, and misguided and foolish and immature and, and, and unthankful his people are. Over and over again, the people of Israel, they have the gifts of God and they're like stubborn children. The more I called to you, God says, the more they went away from me. But he's patient. 
And Jesus is the patience of God in person, finally coming to say, let me show you beyond any question how patient I am with you. I will give myself to you to set things right. And I will die at the hands of the people that I've come to save. And for them, I will have one disposition. It will be mercy. And that is why on the cross, Jesus prayed, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. That, my dear friends, is a profound expression of divine patience. And when you are having a hard time bearing with other people, you must call to mind this promise. God is patient with you. In, in a moment of stunning self-disclosure, the Apostle Paul describes the patience of God with him to someone who is trying to encourage a man named Timothy. Listen to this. The saying is sure and worthy of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the foremost. Oh, you know how many times people talk about sinners and they mean other people out there. Here's a man who says, I was the worst of them all. And it's definitely true that Jesus came into the world to save people like me. He goes on to say, but for that very reason, I received mercy so that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display the utmost patience. It's, it's like he's saying so that God could show off how patient he is. Making me an example to those who would come to believe in him for eternal life. That last clause is about you. You are the one who will come to believe in him for eternal life. So am I. The reason that God displayed his mercy and patience in the Apostle Paul is so that you and I would have a picture of the truth about who God is, and that is that God is patient with us so that we would come to believe in him and believing have eternal life. I'm going to tell you right now what God wants for you. It is that he wants your heart to be open to him so that you would believe in him and trust him. And in that act of yours, surrendering yourself completely to him with a heart that's open, removing all the things that would push him away, God comes to be with you, to be within you, so that you would be made strong with all the strength of his glorious power. And, and, and the first thing that that power would do in you, this is what God wants, is to enable you to endure everything with patience. Joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you and me to receive an inheritance with the saints in the light, to believe God's promises now, right now, so that we can wait, believing and trusting God has a good plan, even if it's not happening now, he does so that we ourselves could persevere, remembering that God's not done yet. I don't need to give up now because he hasn't. And so that we could endure believing that this trouble, which is too much for me, will be transformed by God's might and power. Even if it has to happen through the flames, I will come out on the other side like a, like a, a, a precious jewel or a, 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 a bit of gold that has been purified through the furnace. And, and then so that we can forbear and love the people who are around us remembering that God is patient with us. That is what God wants for you. Whether that happens is really on you. Will you believe, yes or no? Yeah, let's pray now. God, we will believe. Help us in our unbelief. Where it's too hard to trust and believe, 
Send your spirit even now to break down all of the resistance within us, to close our ears off from the lies that the enemy would tell us and open our hearts and our mind's eyes to, to both receive and to see the truth that you are the one who has something good for us and you're not done yet and that even this trouble within your hands is like clay and can be molded into something wonderful. And, and especially, God, reassure us that you are patient with each and every one of us. We thank you for the open hand that you have toward all people. And we ask that we would be able to receive the gifts, the inheritance, the promises that you mean to give us even now. And we pray for this in the name of Jesus, our Savior and our friend. Amen.